are back. Thank you for joining us. I want you guys to know how much I love you. Thank you so much for joining in every week. It's been such an amazing ride. And I want to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks, for joining us. And again, this is your host, Todd Sylvester, with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I'm so excited for today. We have another amazing person uh, that I got to meet in person a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's Scott Porter, and thanks for joining us. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, we met uh, on the set at uh, Good Things Utah. We did, in the green room. <laughs> yeah, in the green room. Yeah, so that was kind of fun. And it's, you know, I guess it's been longer than a few weeks, but I've been since then following you and seeing the things that you're doing, and uh, it's just amazing. And what, one thing I love about you, Scott, is your passion, you're passionate about what you do. Like, I mean, we know that you love what you're doing, and that's why you're so successful, I think. Oh. And not just what you're doing now, but so many different things. So let me give you a little background on Scott. Um, Scott is a seasoned entrepreneur and a leader having been the executive director of two nursing homes and a health home health agency co-founded as the CMO, the first all-you-can-fly membership airline called Surf Air. Yeah. I'm saying that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's amazing. You owned your own airline. <laughs> um, you co-founded and launched the Game of Reverse Charades, co-founded an international nonprofit organization called Singular Humanitarian, and been a management consultant with Gartner, is that how you say that? Correct, yeah. Inside Out Development and General Assembly. He holds a BA in Public Relations and an MBA in International Business, Marketing, Entrepreneurship, both from BYU as well as an MA in Spanish from California State University. He was born in Arizona. Uh, he's a brand ex uh, experience consultant. He loves tacos. He's got a, a website <laughs> called Search for the Perfect Taco, and it's that place is amazing. You know, I love it. You know, you founded and currently own and operate Utah's only gourmet churro business, San Diablo Artisan Churros, now delivering those deep fried happiness anywhere in the U.S. Uh, in party kits, I guess what you call yeah, it, right? Yeah, totally. And anyway, the list goes on and uh, you're passionate about tacos. I can't wait to figure <laughs> out why. Um, I love tacos too, but I, I, I can't wait to see what uh, oh, what you yeah. come up with there. Well, but maybe next for... time we meet, we'll go, we'll, we'll meet over tacos. I would love that. Yeah. I would, I would really welcome that. But thank you for joining us, Scott. It's so great to be here. Thank, thank you, Todd. You I've, bet. I love what you're doing and, and just honored to be a part of it all. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, you bet. Well, I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you better and obviously then also follow all these great things that you're doing. So why don't we start with, tell us about your childhood and about growing up and a little bit about your family. Sure. Uh, so I, uh, I actually grew up in Canada. All of my, my really? youth was in Canada for 11 years. All of my childhood that I, that I remember was in Lethbridge, Alberta, okay. which is about an hour north of the border from, uh, with Montana. Um, and uh, my father's from a small, uh, a small town next to Lethbridge, even smaller than Lethbridge uh, called Tabor. They're famous for their corn. <laughs> They're famous for okay. their, their, their fresh corn. And, uh, and we went there. My father uh, started a construction general contracting business with his, with his brother. And, okay. um, and so we lived there for 11 years. All my childhood was in Canada. Um, I, however, was born in Arizona, but I did not find out that I was a Canadian citizen until I was like 28 years old. Are you old. serious? I know. <laughs> it's the weirdest story. Yeah, that's My hilarious. mom loves this story, but yeah. the the short version is that I uh, fast forward from my childhood in Canada. I went, I was living in Seattle at the time and uh, flying into Canada for the first time. Yeah. And uh, all of my other previous times crossing the border, and this this was pre 9-11, and yeah. so border crossing, you didn't even show ID. Wow. Like you nothing. You just drive across. Yeah, We're you just good. drive across. I mean, they, <laughs> they stop you and ask you questions, but right. you just drive across. So I didn't even think that I needed anything other than ID to get on the plane. <laughs> so I get there, and they're like, we need your passport. So I'm like, my passport? I'm going to Canada. What do I need a passport for? <laughs> right. And they're like, well, you, you have to have... I'm like, gosh, that would have been nice to have known... 
you know, right. go before, before I got, I got here. And then this was pre-cell phone too. So this is actually a scary story <laughs> because sure. do we even remember what life was like then? <laughs> so I, w- I'm, I went over to the pay phone, remember those? Yeah. And, I, and I was just praying that someone would answer. And I called my mom, collect. <laughs> remember that? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and, and so she answers. I'm like, mom, I'm sorry. I don't have time. I'm going to Ryan's wedding in Canada. I need, uh, like they're, they're saying they'll let me on the plane. If you can send them a copy of my birth certificate, they can fax. I mean, this obviously would never happen now, but yeah. So she, so she, she's like, well, just tell them you're Canadian. (laughs) I'm like, but mom, I'm not, I was born in Arizona. And she's like, yeah, I know (laughs) I was there. (laughs) And and I I said, okay, well, wait, what? I'm Canadian. Yeah. Why have you never told me this? <laughs> She's like, all of you, I've registered as dual citizens. <laughs> anyway, it was like, I'm like having this identity crisis in That's the phone hilarious. booth. Right. And so I go back to the 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 um, flight um, at the counter and, uh-huh. and I say, well, turns out I'm Canadian. And she's like, okay. <laughs> That's right. so weird. And so anyways, my mom faxed her the thing. I got on right. the plane, went to the wedding. But yeah, so That's Canada hilarious. was is such an important part sure. of of my childhood. I loved my time. We lived on we lived in the city, right. um but m- so many of my friends lived on farms. Yeah. Right on the edge of the city. And so um I got I like sleep over it was like, have you seen Stranger Things? Yes. Okay. So oh, yeah. that was my childhood. Oh wow! Right. Okay, it's just cool. like like I mean, yeah. except for the upside down and all of the craziness. <laughs> right. But like like the sleepovers, BMX yeah. bikes, you know, forts and exploration yeah. and oh, and wow. just uh, we we had an amazing experience uh, with as a, as a kid. I had yeah. a wonderful childhood. Um, growing up, best friends across the street. Sure. Our families did everything together. Oh, that's cool. Um, it was very cold for a lot of the year. Yeah, that's how I envision. I've yeah. never been to Canada, so in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's cold winter the whole time. Well, not I, the whole time, I know, but that's like what it feels si- like. Yeah. But there was really. I remember like Halloween. You, you know, you you get bundled up. It, it was literally like I can't put my arms yeah, down. Like Christmas yeah. story, right? Yeah. Where and then you put your costume on top of your bundled up, and so that, you yeah. look like this Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, <laughs> like or you know walking down the street to get candy. But I it was, uh, yeah, I, my childhood in Canada was uh, was amazing. Some dear friends that, right. and and just a wonderful wonderful community. Yeah, um, very, awesome. yeah. So it it set the stage for a lot of you know, how, how we were and, and what we, what we did as a family. So I, I was, I'm the oldest and I have four sisters and a brother. Okay. And so almost like four of them were born in Canada. And then we moved to the United States when I was 13, back okay. to, back to, we went to St. George, did, Utah. Did your parents tell your other siblings they were Canadian? Or did yeah, they the, everyone else knew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I, my mom seriously loves this story so much. She, she's like, it's what so do you, uh, she, <laughs> I still think I just can't even believe it. But it's, anyway, yeah. It's a great story. I love it. All of them knew that they were yeah. dual citizens, but yeah. I, I was the one with the identity crisis. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. They probably just assumed, well, he already knows, you know. <laughs> right. right. Well, so how were you as a as a kid? I mean, how did you carry yourself? What did I mean, were you were you an outgoing type kid or did you kind of you know, it sounds yeah. like you just, like you said, you had a great childhood. So it sounds like you're just out doing stuff. You know, it was, in, it, it, it's, it's interesting to look back. And as I was thinking through preparing for mm-hmm. our conversation, I was thinking about the trajectory of my child and how I was at different stages. And, and I was, um, I, you know, grew up with my friends, so I never had to make friends. And right. so we, I was like super confident, super outgoing, fun. We were like always on the exploration. We were making forts. We were like exploring the neighborhood. I was an entrepreneur. I like wanted to, I created a, my first business I started was when I was like nine or 10, I created a neighborhood newsletter. And so really? I, I interviewed my friend's parents about their vacation and what Serious? they did for work and all wow. these crazy things. And then I typed it on the typewriter <laughs> underneath the stairwell in my, that was my office in my, in my, my house in our basement. Wow. And, and then I sold it back to the neighborhood 
for like really? 25 cents and they got a, a Xerox. I mean, this is like dating me. I'm sure anyone yeah. that's a millennial is listening like, I don't understand yeah, those words. Yeah, what is this words. guy talking about? Yeah. So a uh, photocopy of, um, uh, of the newsletter I sold to everyone, back to everyone. So it was, uh, I was, uh, um, it was always an adventure, everything. Yeah games fun we played pranks as kids like um you know it was just part of it was a really amazing so fun and and i think there was an interesting so when i turned 13 or when i was 13 my family moved to the united states um and we moved to saint george utah Okay. Small town. Yeah. Um, where the predominant like religion was the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and I am a member of that church as well. And um, but I had always been a minority faith in Canada. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now I go to a place where it was, <laughs> and and I was you know thirteen, really awkward. You know, at least at an awkward stage. Sure. And and I was like fish out of the water, and it was tough. It was really, it was a very difficult transition for me. Everyone else's friends group, friend groups were already well-established. I was awkward. I started to get zits and I was like not super coordinated yet with um, like sports and, and different things like that. And so, so it was a really tough transition for me. Uh, And I was slapped in the face with, with this, like, who am I? I don't even feel like I'm myself. I don't feel like I feel, I know that I'm an outgoing person. I know that I am fun. I know that all these things, but I felt super self-conscious really, uh, became, um, uh, really, um, just awkward. It was, it was awkward. And, and I'm like, gosh, in, you know, kids can't always be they aren't necessarily always the nicest sure. and most welcoming and right in 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 a more kind of cloistered community so yeah. to speak and so it was it was tough and then we were there for three years and that was those are some hard three years for our family mm-hmm. and then we moved to vegas and i remember when i was 16 i was like you know what i need to become who i really am and I remember conscientiously, oh, here was the other thing I didn't even mention yeah. about moving when I was in St. George. I talked, I had a, I had what they would call a weird Canadian accent. <laughs> and I sure. literally remember saying, I don't know if I, I don't remember necessarily saying to my mom, but I remember thinking and conscientiously making the decision, I am not going to speak like that anymore. Really? So I stopped my Canadian accent when I was 13. And, and then when we moved to three years later, moved to Las Vegas, I'm like, now's my chance. I can be who I really feel like I am. Like I'm outgoing. I I'm fun. I, you know, I make friends, (laughs) you know, and, and I remember it was this, there was this beautiful, like clean slate opportunity for me to like start fresh and like regain my confidence. Um, and, and so it really, I mean, all of those things, they happened at really interesting moments for me. Um, I, it, you know, we've talked about it with my siblings about how they, that they handled all those different things with their, their right. stages of development. Sure. But yeah, it was, well, a, I'll tell you moving for kids at a young age is a tough thing. Even if you do fit in when you first get there, it's just, it's hard. You yeah. know, you leave your surroundings, you, you talked about your childhood up there and how just free you were. And it was just, you were confident, like you said, outgoing, you know, you're being an entrepreneur, you create this newsletter, (laughs) you're making money off this newsletter. We were literally like always exploring. Yeah, It was like, where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do? So did you feel, I mean, you know, I would imagine that was, you know, like a really sad time for you, those three years in St. George. It was tough. Because you went from one extreme to the next. Instantly. And all of a sudden, like you said, you couldn't be that fun and out, or at least it felt that way. I, I'm not that fun outgoing guy anymore. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. But I love how you said, and this is pretty fascinating to me because most kids at that age, I don't know, maybe don't have that type of awareness. You're like, okay, at 16, when we go to Vegas, you know, once you were there, I'm going to start being who I really am, fun, outgoing, and all that fun stuff. So 
That, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Well, I'm sure it was someone that helped me think that sure. way. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, we all get that. My parents, uh, you know, um, leaders, something that someone said. But I, um, yeah, I remember being very excited. Um, and by that point, I had made a, a, a couple of really good friends in, yeah. in St. George. And, yeah. and I, we're still friends. And, sure. you know, they're wonderful. And we had we had um, some some great experiences, but it was tough for our yeah. family collectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what was one of the I, this this might be a tough question because there's probably a lot, but what was one of the biggest lessons that you learned from your parents? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, my parents are amazing, and mm-hmm. uh, and have like dedicated their lives to us. And, um, one, uh, like there's a couple of things that come to mind. One is, uh, um, the, the value of, um, like integrity and doing mm-hmm. and, and doing what you say you're going to do and giving it your absolute best. Right. Like that is what my parents, that's what they modeled. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm kidding. My, my, uh, my father, uh, suffered a debilitating stroke about two and a half years ago and he's, um, oh, thank you. And, um, uh, and he's been living in a nursing home since, and we haven't been able to see him in a year because of COVID. So, I mean, we've seen him on video chat. Um, thank goodness for that. What's Um, your father's name? Craig. Greg, well, yeah. shout out to your dad, yeah. Greg. And <laughs> thank you. We're thinking of you and hope you're doing okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, my my parents are some of the most uh, like dedicated, um, committed, hardworking, um, self-sacrificing yeah. um, uh, people that I know. I love them so much and and my dad has worked his in, entire life for for us, you know, and he's yeah. overcome a lot of obstacles and, you know, and uh growing up in a in a really like a like po- Im- impoverished situation as yeah. uh as a young, as a large family in a farming community and the value of hard work and like grit. Yeah. And, and like making it through was, is something that I saw my dad model every day of his life. And I saw my mom as this like committed go getter, like, like do everything and, you know, and, and like take, take opportunities on and make a difference. And, and like together, this combination has really fueled who I am and set this foundation for, um, for that that's really impacted and 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 everything that i'm doing and that i plan on doing and that i hope to do and the legacy that i hope to leave is is something that is in honor of who they are and what they've given me oh wow well said beautiful obviously you've learned a ton from them and obviously i think that's part of why you're so successful that hard work you're talking about i mean you're a hard worker people who know you and just watching you from a distance, man, you, you're a go-getter. You get after <laughs> it. I love it. I love it. Well, so you go to Vegas, you know, and you start finding about, you know, getting back to who yeah. you really are. You know, you obviously have this entrepreneur spirit. Let's talk about, you know, what happened down there and then what led to you to maybe, you know, creating your own first real business. <laughs> um oh man i just you for some reason something you said like just instantly took me back we had a a, a group a really tight group of friends and andrew howlett and steve scow and steph harris and and we we were like it was uh, again i just met these people that were were like um, super connected. Yeah. You know, we just like got each other and we were all about 
creating these like magical things you know sure like these massive group dates like no one's ever done before (laughs) asking people out to prom like in these crazy ways we had anyway there was so there was always this energy this creative energy that that i've had to to do something that's either never been done or to do something fun and different or a new twist on something that that could um that could really, you know, bring joy. Yeah. You know, I guess is that, that that was that was the whole goal, and to do something that just, <laughs> you know, and especially if someone ever said, "Oh, well, you can't do that." Oh, really? You're like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's prove you wrong. You know, like that's let's do it. Yeah. Let's get out and do it. And so, we had, um, so it, like, kind of with some of those ideas, this like like creative energy, this idea of like establishing new things and trying new things out was always has always been a part of who I am and so I was always looking for like work and I didn't really quite know what I wanted to be when I grew up right or like what I even wanted it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to study um and and I in that journey I felt compelled to like try and do things that that I knew were going to ultimately lead me on these paths but I didn't know how it was all going to take shape. Right. But I felt, and what I've learned over the years is how God communicates with me is that it's, I don't hear voices. I don't hear his voice. I don't, I don't hear, um, uh, typically don't, you know, I get feelings, but there's a specific way that God works with me that I've understood as the years have gone on is this feeling of being compelled to do something. Right. That may not make sense. (laughs) That may not make make the most logical sense, but there's something about that. Yeah. That there's something that I feel will be preparatory Mm. for me later on. And I don't see the full path unfold before my eyes. Right. But it's a it's a feeling that I can't deny. And so I charge forward undaunted. Wow. And and it's and and so <laughs> i mean you say wow but i'm like oh my gosh sometimes it's super hard because oh, yeah. because it's it you know like everything from i was working for my dad in construction during the summers and i was like huh i i want to explore public relations i don't know what that is and so i'm like hey dad can i work like i mean we were working like 12 hour days i'm like hey can i work eight hours and yeah, in the and then, Vegas sun and yeah. then like run in and do, you know, three or four hours and try out this public relations thing. When, when they said I wanted to, after I served a mission for my church in Mexico, okay. um, uh, the church of Jesus Christ, Latter saints. And I served there and I l- fell in love with Mexico. It changed my life, fell in love with Mexico, the people, the food. We'll get to that. I'm sure. Yes, but, um, <laughs> um, but, uh, like, um, Mexico, I knew after I was done that this was going to always be a part of my life. Right. And I didn't know how. Mm. But when I got back and I started back into school and I ended up doing deciding to study public relations, I was compelled, like we were talking about, um, to do an internship in Mexico City. There were, there, again, this is dating me, but no, no email <laughs> and um and 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 so i had to like rent those or buy those calling card things to do international calls oh yeah and you remember those oh, yeah. <laughs> and and so i'm like this poor college student i'm trying to land this internship in mexico city is where i wanted to go okay and that's just i knew that that's where i had to be yeah and I just dogged it down. There were no resources at BYU to help me get there. No one was supportive yeah, <laughs> of right. that other than like, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do that. Um, but I knew it was something. That, and it's like changed the tra- trajectory of my life, like wow. that internship. And awesome. uh, so much of what I do now is it, it can, you know, can look back to that. So I, and then after I, uh, so I've always been involved in these like, like kind of out there entrepreneurial let's try this and and um my first job out of school was uh the first employee of a pr agency in seattle 
and um, brand new PR agents. I was, uh, you know, I literally built my Ikea desk on my first day <laughs> on the job because there was no desk. Yeah. And so okay. it's like, okay, here we go. This it's is what we do. New, yeah. And so um, <laughs> that's, that was, that was my first entrepreneurial thing. And then after that, I've started a number of these things on either yeah. on my own or with partners. And, um, sure. and it's just been, it's been part of a very eclectic career path that has, that's um there's a common thread among all of it but it's been it's been a a wild ride i'm i'm glad that i like to learn new things um because i'm i feel like i'm always learning wow that's awesome you know there's so much to talk about here but i'm really curious about i want to i want our listeners to get to know more about your your singular humanitarian Mm. talk about that and what that looks like and why you started doing that yeah so um, there was another like defining time period in my life um, when I when I uh, had left the nursing home business and uh, and just straight up decided I'd always wanted to live in D.C. It was kind of one of those like compelled. I'd always felt there's something that drew me yeah. to Washington D.C. So I'm like I remember I was on Crown at the Crown Valley Parkway exit on the five in Southern California. I'm like I uh, I'm like I'm moving to D.C. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I don't have a job. Doesn't matter. I'm moving. I I know I need to be there. I've always wanted to be there. Now's the time. Now's the time to do it. And get my yeah. life back in order. And yeah. I things were out of whack and out of balance personally with like when I was in the nursing home business. And, and so I'm like, I'm going to reclaim everything. And so I moved to D.C. And during that time period, I met um, like dear friends that have uh, that have like again like changed the trajectory of my life sure and i remember on on a bus i ran into my friend reed farnsworth on the bus every once in a while as we were both going to our different jobs and i remember this one time he started telling me hey we're getting a group of people together to uh, like get you know mormon singles singles from the church to (laughs) go on these humanitarian service trips we want to, I think we want to go to Guatemala. I'm like, I like lost my mind because I love Guatemala. I mean, Mexico's a part of my DNA. Sure. I like love it so much. Yeah. It's, it's just home. And, but Guatemala is, is like, has this special place for me because I also did an internship there. I have had some deep, like life changing conversations and, and experiences there. And so when he mentioned that and he's like, yes, he's like, do you want to be a part of it? I'm like, well, I mean, if (laughs) please, it's hard to say uh, there is nothing (laughs) that I would rather do. And so we started guns blazing. I mean, we were like off to the races. We wanted to get 200 people to Guatemala in the heart of this, the Mayan jungle and in the Polo Cheek area. And um, with we want to gather people of all backgrounds, so like medical professionals and business right. people, and and um, educators. We want to get all of these singles that want to give back and make a meaningful contribution. And so that's what we did. And we just like we had no idea what we we're doing. And we didn't start out to like to right. found a nonprofit. Yeah, it was like, hey, we want to create something special, yeah. and we want to have like an amazing experience for and wow. and really leave leave a lasting impact. The second we got there, we got eighty nine people to go with us in the heart of the jungle. We worked with the Choice Humanitarian, a phenomenal organization. They have the in in country structure for us to uh, to and they've been working in these communities for you know 10 plus years and so we're like we want to be a part of this and we're going to bring all these people let's let's yeah. let's make a significant impact we helped start water projects when we were we started the foundation for the first secondary school in that community that they'd ever had and it had been a dream of that community forever because it was too cost prohibitive for them to send kids outside of their community they didn't have the funds so education after sixth grade would stop and so um, so we did, and we did midwife training, like the edu- uh, we did consulting with the cardamom co-op. I mean, there were like wow. so many things we did That's in this amazing. week time. And I remember like, um, within, within really, it felt like within hours that, that we got there and they had this glorious welcome for us. And, 
felt very unworthy of a welcome like we're yeah. just here to work like you yeah. don't need to throw us a party and we but we're so yeah. we love you so much already yeah. and so i i remember uh we got there after uh, and it, it was it felt like immediately it's like oh no, no no we we have to do this again everyone was like this is the most amazing experience wow. i've ever had yeah and we were like immersed in the in these communities and in their lives for even just this short amount of time. But there's something about the Kekchi people and there's something when you're in this mindset of service that yeah. that changes your heart and changes yeah. your mind. And and especially with the Kekchi, um, they have a phrase. Um, so they most of them don't speak Spanish. They speak this Mayan language called Kekchi. And um they have a phrase that they say every time they greet each other, uh -huh. which is a phrase that that I think all of us have emblazoned on our on our DNA right. um, is masalachol, which means, "Are you happy in your heart?" Wow. So instead of saying, "Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Hey, you know, <laughs> how's it going?" It's like, "Hey, are you happy in your heart?" Yeah, it changes the whole thing, doesn't and it? And you're like, I mean, yeah. It changes the whole thing. Everything. It wow, it's a complete that. paradigm yeah. shift. Yeah. Like, well, am I happy in my heart? <laughs> yes. Unbelievably happy in my heart now that I'm here with you and now that you've changed my perspective on yeah. how we interact as human beings on on planet that. Earth. I love that. You know? Yeah. Are you happy in your heart? And and it's something that none of us will none none of us that have been there together can ever forget. Yeah. Well, you know, I love I'm gonna I you know, as you say this, I'm like, I'm gonna start asking my kids that, my family, <laughs> and I'm gonna start the first time when my client sits down, I'm gonna go, Are you happy in your heart? And just see where that goes from there, man. I love that. Hmm. And I love the other thing you're saying, you know, about the being in a position where you're serving someone else. Hmm. And, um, I just did a post on this today. Like we, when we want, if we want something, we ha give it away and then you've got it mm, to tenfold. Right. Usually. So you go there and yeah. you're giving away <laughs> your, your time, your well, energy, your love, yeah. your sir, all of it. Right. And you get it back. Like you said, tenfold, not to make this about me, but like when I gave that money away to Lindy at the mm. Lemonade, I was giving it away mm. and I got my life. Mm. So thank you for sharing that. That really was so touching mm. hearing you say this. And obviously you got emotional a little bit too. And But I think our listeners need to understand, I mean, not that you don't understand this listeners, but the more we can hear about how powerful helping someone else is, even if we're struggling ourselves. Mm. So, And here's something else that happened yeah. that I think it was day two. I was in, now you got to imagine, I mean, this is like, one of the most beautiful places. It's so beautiful. It's like yeah. lush green. Yeah. And like the dirt is this, you have this goldfish with a shark fin. Everyone, I wish everyone could see your office. The mindset <laughs> is everything. There's this goldfish that has a shark fin strapped to it. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. I love yeah. it. So it's that color. The, the dirt is the color of that goldfish. It's this wow. like deep yeah. red, orange dirt. It's kind of clay and thick. Yeah. And we're digging the foundation for this secondary school. I was literally in this trench with Shalise, Shalise Stevens. And, and, and out of the blue, she says to me, something that I'll never forget. She just goes, you know what? I think we're the service project. I'm like, whoa. Yep. Uh, that, yes, yes, we are. And so to your, to your perspective, to what you just shared mm -hmm. about like getting something back tenfold. Um, and one of the things in the, the complete like paradigm shift for me about my international humanitarian uh, service that I've had so, the the blessing and luck to be a part of is is that it has changed my perspective on the fact that um, I think a lot of times when we're going to help someone um, we think and maybe we, we may not even like verbalize this but sometimes we think oh we're we're really good that we're good that we're going to help someone we know that's so right. benevolent of yeah, yeah. us. Sure. You know, I mean, we may not verbalize this, but, right, but, but you know, sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, well, that's, we're, we're, we have a lot to give and we're going to be the ones that are, 
with the benevolent ones. Right. We're the givers. Sure. You know? And so um, what, what ended up happening that's completely changed my life was this shift of like, you know what? No. There, I mean, yes, we're certainly giving, but like we have so much to learn so much to receive yeah. from this exchange yeah. as well. I guess what? I don't have all the answers. Like, I don't know all the right ways to do things. I don't like, especially I think there's all, oftentimes an American mindset of like, we do things right. Right. And no one else does things. Yeah. Right. Correctly. <laughs> sure. Like we do. Cause yeah. we know, we know. Yeah. We know. Right. <laughs> and I think we think like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, of course I'm like such a patriot. I love America, America. I mean, I'm an American citizen first, right? (laughs) I found out I was Canadian when I was 28, (laughs) but, but like, I love America so deeply. Um, I also think that there is tremendous value in the way that other people do things. And that's what I've been so grateful for in my life is just this rabid curiosity for other people's perspectives and other people's ways of doing things. And so in that moment, in that trench with Shalice, all of a sudden I realized like, yeah, there's a lot that we can learn from these beautiful people. Yeah. Like where, and and Choice Humanitarian works you through this exercise, this mental and spiritual exercise of like, Where's your poverty and where's your wealth? Mm-hmm. And where's their poverty and their wealth? And what what you end up noticing in this is that where oftentimes we in a developed, a developing like economy or with lots of opportunity and resources, we are we are wealthy in certain areas and we're poor in areas of love, yeah. of community, of connection. Of, of, and, and yeah. then you see this wealth in the Kekchi. It's like if, if Juan needs to build a house, like we go help Juan build his house. Like we're yeah. not like, hey, you know what? I got 15 minutes yeah. and I can be here. I can help you. And then I got things to do. Yeah. You know, wow. it's just this sense of community and love. Yeah. And you, we, you're, when you're immersed in that, you realize that, like, you know what? There's so much, and we're so much the same all over the world. Yeah. All over the world. No matter what our socioeconomic backgrounds, our cultures, what we eat, language we speak, you know, how we look, it doesn't matter. Like, we all need to be loved. We all need to be, we all need need to belong. We all, when when someone falls down and they don't get hurt too bad, we laugh. It's funny, you know? Like we, when, when, when there's something that happens that we celebrate, we want to do it with music and dance all over the world. Like that's what we do. Yeah. We eat, we all eat, thank goodness. Right. And, and, um, (laughs) um, and uh, when we cut, we bleed. Like this is... Um, there's where I, I believe that we are so much more alike than we are different. And so the sooner that what that moment in that trench did for me was helped me realize that I have, I have so much to, uh, to learn from the examples of other people and, and how they're wealthy in, in different areas of their life and how I'm, I need to, I need to receive that. Yeah. And, and, and I'm weak in those areas. And so I want to be like you because of who you are. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad I asked that question about uh, singular humanitarian because I knew there was going to be some gold there, so to speak, for Hmm. all of us to hear. So thank you so much for sharing that. That was like you're welcome. Really hit me it's hard. some it's something that is uh, has changed my life. We've done uh, you know dozens of expeditions yeah. around the world and 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 along those lines of like, are you happy in the heart? Your heart. I remember the first time I went to Nepal, and you may know the phrase Namaste. Yes. Which means loosely translated. I mean, there's all sorts of interpretations, but like the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. That's what namaste means or something very close to that. Yeah, sure. And, um, and that also, I mean, 
we could spend hours and hours, hours. in lifetime talking about that yeah. that idea of um like recognizing the divinity in someone else and and honoring that and i think it, if we truly truly believe that it would dramatically impact how we treated each other yeah with kindness and realizing that you know like like uh we everyone's going through their stuff mm-hmm but yet we all have this divine potential. So how can we, how do we honor that in everything that we do? And that is very much a, a way of life in Nepal. Yeah. And, um, and there's a, a gentleness and a meekness and an honoring sense of that. There, yeah. it, there's a lot of fun in Nepal as well. Sure. But yeah, there, yeah. Is, <laughs> there is uh, very much the namaste mentality is real. Yeah. And it goes, and it's so in alignment with this, are you happy in your heart? Like, do you love, do you love other people and are you, are you happy? Wow. That is so well said. Beautiful. You know, I want to talk about, you have this website called search for the perfect taco (laughs) and you are passionate about your love for tacos. This is true. I want to, I want to hear the story. I want, (laughs) and and I've got an idea now, but yeah, tell us, you know, why you're so passionate about it and you know, and what this website's all about and what you're trying to do with all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is literally like a lifetime of like searching for the perfect. I mean, I, as you know, because we talked about this group in Canada, not like this Mecca of Mexican food. No. However, no. my mom grew up in Arizona and was from Arizona. And so she had some of that Southwestern cuisine in, right. in what we had growing <laughs> up. Um, I realized the other day that I named our, we had a pet cat, which is very odd because we didn't really ever have many, many pets, but mm-hmm. I named my cat Tom taco <laughs> when i was like six years old it was an it was it, it was it. it was an omen like it was yeah, meant right. to be yeah. and uh, and then i uh, i lived in mexico and that's just solidified everything so i've just you know okay. love of the food and and then ever since then i've just been on this lifelong search for amazing tacos everywhere i go yeah and so um about you know five or six years ago i realized that um I, I, when I left the airline and, um, had this kind of opportunity to, uh, recalibrate and like, where am I heading with my career? What am I doing? Um, and I, uh, had this passion for, and realized that there were some, um, over the years, like I've been involved in a bunch of different, um, service industry businesses where I realized that in the trainings that I've done, I've used, the taco experience as this beautiful showcase for like amazingly simple and basic things that they do that create this remarkable experience that make you coming, make you come back for more. You become fiercely loyal. You tell everyone you're like, this is the best taco place I go. Like Juan, he, you know, gets me tacos exactly how I want them, you know? (laughs) And, and I realized that I'd been sharing all these experiences of, of like, essentially like a world-class customer experience, but at these taco trucks or at like, you know, a place that's where you would almost least expect to have this master class to learn right. these beautifully simple things. Yeah. And, um, and I'm like, you know what? We got to take this message to the world. Right. <laughs> We've got to take this message to the world. Everyone needs to realize that there are some, not only can you have the best food on the planet, yeah. but you can also have these like unexpected moments of, oh, wow, that was really nice. Like, I feel like a million bucks. Yeah. You know, he remembered my name. He remembered what I ordered. Yeah. And he wants to give it to me. And guess what? And oh, and they're, and they're so nice. They have like limes here ready for me. Yeah, Toothpicks, yeah. they anticipate wow. my needs. Yeah. And it's like, and really for me, the taco is this beautiful showcase for all of the virtues of Mexican culture, which is all based on this idea of human connection. It's like mi casa su casa, which is another yes. phrase. Like that is real. I remember as a missionary, it was like someone, one of my companions was like, I really like your tie. Can I have it? I'm like, um, <laughs> at first I was like, sure. My, exactly. <laughs> it was like my American mindset of like mine, 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 you know, wow. of like, and in it, it's like, no, can I have it? It's like, I had to like get into that. You're like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, like literally when they say Mikasa Sukasa, it is legit. Yeah. Like you come in and that is your house. 
Yeah. And, and like people, when you hug in Mexico, you hug on the other side. So your hearts are touching. Hearts are touching. You know, when you shake hands, it's not just like a simple shake or, you know, and we weren't as missionaries. We couldn't kiss each other on, uh, we couldn't kiss when we greet people on the cheek, but you, you know, that's that, that like closeness, that human connection is so real. And so, and, and food is like one of the languages of love oh, right sure. and so it's oh, like yeah. i want to make you something that's going to make you so happy and and provide you this like beautiful experience and we're going to sit here and connect over food yeah. and that's what you do in the taco experience and so yeah. it's really all about human connection and i i think that that's something that our world has and especially as businesses we've lost so much of that Right. We've lost the like general store type experience, I agree, yeah, you know, like little house sure. on the prairie yeah. where, where <laughs> you walk in and like Mr. Olson says, Hey, you know what? I just got these cowboy boots and you're going to love these, yeah. you know? Right. And, and, and they're like, my, they're my only pair, but I thought of you. You're like, wow, that level of personalization, which yeah. is so amazing now because that can also be tech enabled. We can, yeah. we can get that level of personalization and understanding what people want, yeah. predictive behavior. Sometimes it can be off, but there's some great things that can happen. But if every one of our businesses, um, and if I can help inspire business leaders to incorporate principles and strategies of human connection more uh more uh deeply embedded into their company culture yeah. and in and then as a byproduct of that th- that company culture that where people feel like they're empowered and they're thriving and they're aligned with yeah. the mission and values they will then create this amazing experience like a Trader Joe's type experience a Disney type experience these experience hopefully a San Diablo type experience where people feel like we care when yeah. you come to us you feel like a VIP yeah. And we ring the cowbell for you. And we for say, sure. your kid's so cute. Let me give you an extra churro. Yes. Whatever it is, yeah. like wow. that type of level of of personalized touch and where we, because really our world needs, need, we're, 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 unfortunately, as you know, highest levels of anxiety and depression and unfortunately mm-hmm. suicide that we've ever seen in the yeah. world right yeah. now. Relapses up over a thousand percent every month. I mean, you know, it's, it is, and you talk about that human connection and I got to point something out because you definitely are a man who practices what he preaches because, um, a week ago, well, less than a week ago, you sent me some of your churros (laughs) and the package that came in, it came in with a beautiful thank you. And I'll tell you, it was like, wow, I felt that specialized, you know, um, what each general store kind of feeling <laughs> yeah, yeah. about it. And I really, it. I, I mean, I felt connected to you to be totally honest with you. Oh, I mean, not to sound, awesome. it's just the truth. And I love that. And so thank you for one, the churros were amazing. Um, <laughs> San Diablo. Deep fried happiness. Yeah, that's what we deep say. Fried happy, absolutely. <laughs> you deep fry it, man. How can it be wrong? But but I, I just want to point that out that uh, oh, it's kind I hear what you're saying. And that's what you do as a consultant, right? You're, you're trying to help these businesses incorporate this back into the game right right yeah, absolutely and yeah. and the taco is just the the beginning of the conversation yeah it's like hey let's go there and we'll get inspired and then guess what while you're while you're there we're gonna learn these amazing simple principles and 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 we can help you right. implement these and and figure out how do you align your mission and values with your yeah. team? How do you deeply embed that into their ethos and their psyche and their hearts and minds so that they can then be fully empowered to create that experience gotcha. for others? Wow. Because like we were saying, like that's that that will be a huge differentiator for any business or organization or family. I mean, we all have a brand. We all have a personal brand, a family brand. Yeah, sure. The organizations that we belong to have a brand. If if all of us in our areas of influence can can just w- uptick one level of more human connection and more authentic, genuine realness into what we do, we will see dramatic results. 
Um, dramatic results in, in like business success, in happiness. I mean, imagine uh, uh, like obviously costs can go down because you don't have churn on your employees. They're happier. They feel empowered. You're not spending more money on recruiting new people, um, and, uh, and training constantly training. Yeah. Um, your customers will stay with you longer. Yeah. Um, you're, and, and, uh, you'll make, you'll, and, and really for me, like, zooming out from all of this mm -hmm. from like a legacy standpoint and and a and a you know a long-term perspective on this i i just want to make the world a better place yeah i want to make people happier and if i can inspire business leaders that then create these principles that will have these touch points of happiness these micro interactions yeah. at every at every turn whether it's on the phone over email in a package in person whatever it is um then we can raise levels of happiness collectively self-worth you know you how special do you feel when you're at a place like I, I mean, I'm such a huge fan of Trader Joe's, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, and and most people are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, when I speak, I ask, I ask the audience, everyone. Like, sometimes people will even verbalize, "Oh my gosh, I love Trader Joe's." They'll like interrupt me. I'm like, I know, I know. Um, and I ask, how many grocery stores do you pass between your house and Trader Joe's? Yeah. How many? Yeah. Like literally count them. Probably and so, three or four. Yeah, exactly. Least, right? Three, four. Sometimes it goes up. People yeah. get up into the double digits sometimes. Wow. Because they love it so much. Why? Because when you go, you feel like a human being and you feel like they care. Yep. And That's so true. you will be loyal to them and you will continue to go to them. Yeah. And they have they have successfully cracked that code. And so, as as uh, uh, as business leaders and 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 leaders in any other area of influence that we have, if we can incorporate these these ideals and principles and 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 ha create systems and frameworks to actually so like Chick Fil A, you know, no matter whether you're going to Chick Fil A here in Salt Lake City or you're in mm -hmm. in North Carolina, you say thank you, and they will say it's my pleasure. Yep. Right. That's yeah. just what they do. It's part of their system. Disney, no matter where you go, everyone is a cast member, whether or not, whether you're right. whether you're Cinderella at the park uh, or you're in the IT team in the back room. Right. Everyone's a cast member because everyone's on stage. If you want to create the happiest place on earth, everyone has to be committed to that. Exactly. And so if collectively we can we can raise we can incorporate those elements of human connection um we can uh lift lift um make happiness happen all over the world more 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 levels of happiness and self-worth wow. and that's what for me that's what i want to spend the rest of my life doing is helping helping to to uh have other people feel the love that you felt with lindy Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. To feel the love that that I felt in the experiences that I've shared, to feel the love of God, um, uh, yeah. to feel the love of a higher power, if you know whatever you believe personally. Um, but that is it's real and it's life changing. And and so that's what I want to spend my life doing. Mm -hmm. And I just ha happen to like be doing it with tacos and churros yes which i'm really grateful for because they're yeah. so delicious they are they're amazing <laughs> well and i'm feeling that love from you even right now like i'm feeling it and you know you sent me those churros but that was amazing by the way but but more so i'm just feeling it sitting here with your you're just a good guy man passionate i can feel your love and i i believe you when you say i just want to make this world a better place you do Let's just be honest, Scott. Mm. You do that. And that's why I'm so grateful to have you on today and for our listeners. I mean, I'm sure right now they're just going, man, this guy's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I took some time to listen to him today. So oh, I'm just you. blown away right now, to be honest. Well, you're you're too nice. I mean, I, I seriously feel like I'm just like anyone else. And and um, yeah. I mean, we're all learning learning together you know, and we're all on, I recently, one of the, the, the leader, the leader of the, of the church of Jesus Christ, uh, president Nelson recently, uh, 
prayed in a worldwide fast and he prayed and he used a phrase that has really stuck with me recently. He said, um, uh, he addressed God and he said, you know, dear heavenly father or something like that as fellow passengers on thy planet earth. Mm. I've really thought so much about that. Hmm. Like we are literally all just passengers on this earth together, learning, growing, messing up, royally (laughs) um you know like 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 not not doing i mean not doing what we think we should all the time um really having and really uh being successful at some things and celebrating the small wins and doing great things but we're literally all just passengers like learning and and going through life together so um I just feel so, I feel so blessed to, and, and, and lucky to have the experiences that I've had that have, where God has, um, like slapped me upside the head and been like, (laughs) no, you need to learn this. Yeah. You need to learn this. Right. Because this will, this will not only help you, but then now you have a responsibility to help others. Yeah. Love it. So beautifully said, Scott. I love it so much. You know, um, if if people want to, I want to talk about a couple of things. If people want to reach out to you and find you, you know, you know, what what website would they go to and learn more about what you're doing? Even when, you know, as a consultant and all these other things that you're doing, what's the best place for them to do that? And then you had a really cool idea before we started, like <laughs> maybe doing some sort of a get a- giveaway. So yeah, let's yeah. Maybe talk. Oh, about getaway that. sounds good too. Did I say getaway? <laughs> but let's giveaway. do both. You said you 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 said both actually. And so hey, why don't we do both? Because I do taco tours to Mexico City, which we should go there together, <laughs> That'd Todd. That'd, That'd be, be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I would love to stay in touch with everyone. Um, and and connect with you. Uh, search for the perfect taco.com is probably the best resource. Okay. I'm on Instagram with at that same handle, yeah. um, search for the perfect taco. And, um, and then also like clubhouse too. If any of your listeners are on clubhouse, which is a really fascinating platform, that's audio much like this is, yeah. but live and raw and which is, uh, which is really been, been fun to dive into that. So search for the perfect taco.com. Um, and then, uh, for we'd, I'd love to do a giveaway. Um, we have, a um, uh, a churro maker DIY kit, and we're soon going to be doing a monthly churro subscription. So you can have churros on the regular, you know, at home. Wow. Yeah. So this is, um, a churro maker DIY kit. It comes with the kitchen gadget to make the churros. You put the dough inside, squeeze it through, put it in the oil. And then we also have the cinnamon sugar, the filling bottle, and everything you need to have a churro party. And so we're going to give that away. It's about a $50 value. Ooh. And um, and so uh, you can it. find out more about it at sandiablochurros.com um, is where <laughs> all the descriptions there. Sure. But what did we decide? Are we going to do well, like people yeah. that you, t- yeah, you tell pe- me? Yeah, I think what would be great is, uh, you know, maybe through Instagram because that's usually the biggest uh, – you know, uh, where people engage the most yeah, yeah, yeah. is that if they'll leave a comment once we post this on yeah. that, uh, and that they share the, your episode with somebody. Okay. And they, and they talk about, yes, Hey, loved your episode, shared it with so-and-so. Yeah. And if you'll just make the comment, you'll be entered in to win this. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll let it, we'll select someone, we'll from select those, someone from the I'll commenters. actually let you do that. Sure. And then, uh, and then we'll announce that and we'll get it out awesome. there and we'll let people know. And maybe we'll do a little live video on Instagram <laughs> and say, hey, guys, we picked them and yeah. here we're at. And, and so we'll do that. I think it'll be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, and we ship all over the United States Which now. is even good. So, so it, could, it doesn't and, matter where you are. And we have people all over. Yeah. It's which is crazy that listen to yeah. this. I, I still can't believe it at times. But uh, that'd awesome. be so much fun. Yeah. Right yeah, on. that's great. And, uh, and it'll be, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun, like date night activity, family night, yeah. make these churros at home. Yeah. You know, I made them with my nephews and my nieces, uh, over the holidays. And, and, uh, I still remember little Harrison's he's, he's like four years old. He has two little hands on the, on the churro, like squeezing the dough through into the yeah. oil. And awesome. it was a fun time. Yeah. You know, kids love to play with their food oh, absolutely. and they get to make it and yeah. they put it in the oil and then they get to fill it 
it's cinnamon yeah. sugar. It's the whole deal. So yeah. it's really fun. Wow. So we'll do that giveaway, okay. um, and that yeah, that sounds great. Comments yeah. and everything. So. Yeah, and we'll put that all in the sh- in the podcast notes Perfect. when we post it. And uh, so yeah, I'm excited. This is really cool. <laughs> well, Scott, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your busy schedule to come sit down with us and oh, share man, your life with us. My and pleasure. I know there's so much more we could talk about, but man, you really touched on some really powerful principles and some. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, I felt your love and passion and that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know our listeners are feeling that as well. So I thank feel you it so too. much thank Scott, you, for being Todd. you. Yeah. Seriously. No. Uh, well, that's very kind of you. And, and I likewise, I'm so grateful for the platform you. that you have that in the, and, and your heart that you share with others and, and the love that you, that you've shown me in our like brief yeah. uh, moments that we've had together, which has been very real. I mean, yeah. I, we've, we've like. I mean, you, I, you get you, the listeners can't necessarily see us, but we've been like wiping away tears sure. throughout, like way before we started recording, it was just this instant, like yeah. uh, uh, bond. And I'm so grateful for, for your, you and who you are and what you've dedicated your life to. And I know that there are thousands and thousands of people oh, that feel you. the same. Thank you. And, and I have to say, Scott start, asked if we could start with a prayer, which we did. And Scott gave this beautiful prayer and, uh, you know, that's probably the, I think that's probably the first time I've ever had a guest ask that. And that was really cool. Really, really uh, sacred a moment there. And, and I just, again, connection, man. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you in my world, uh, uh, connections, the opposite of addiction mm-hmm. and we're never more fully alive than when we're connected. And yeah. I'm feeling that right now. So, well, you set up the tone for that. I, I, I remember I, um, I stepped out for a minute before we started and you had set up already that tone at that, with that level where I felt comfortable enough to ask that, um, where like, I just, I mean, more than anything else, um, want, wanted what we had to, to say to, to reach someone and help them feel love, feel like, are you happy in your heart? You know? And if you're not like, please be happy because we can, you know, there's, there's love. God yeah. loves you. Someone loves you. Sure. We love um, you. We love you. Yeah. Exactly. Of course. Yes. And, um, and, and there's, there's much more, much more to, to continually like be active in, in life and, and share more and give more. So yeah, absolutely. thank you for setting, setting the tone. You bet. Yeah. Uh, well said. Beautiful. Well, there you go, folks. Man, I told you it was going to be another amazing guest, uh, Scott Porter. Thank you for uh, listening in on him. Please uh, check this out. Uh, you know, Share this with some other people so you can join the or, or be entered to win the giveaway. And uh, But yeah, you guys have been so fast, f- fantastic. The listeners, your support's been just, I mean, I'm just full of gratitude because of all you guys do so thank you for that again thanks to our sponsor veracity networks i love you guys and until next time thank you thanks scott